So, without any further ado, would you please give a, a welcome and honor to Pastor Karina. Oh, hi, Diane. I didn't know you were going to be here. Oh, hello. And happy birthday, Christina. I know. We're family, so we do this kind of thing. We have to say happy birthday to you. We love you. Give her money. Give her prophetic words, love. Yes. Okay. Cool. I am so thankful for uh, Jen. Where did she go? Oh, she's... Oh, okay. Oh, okay. I I wanted to say this while she was in here, but I'm so grateful because I feel like she was giving language for a lot of things that many of us feel. And sometimes you, you feel like she was, you feel shame because you feel like you're the only one going through it. So I'm, I'm so grateful the more people or our family coming up and being honest about what's going on inside. And, and it, it just, it feels good. And I'm like, I was talking to um, Ben about, um, yeah, I love, our church because everyone is just so real and you don't feel that whole having to like press through the facade and it it can be scary to be yourself, but I feel like more and more we're doing that and I feel more comfortable talking in front of you because I used to hate, oh, there she is. Hi, Jen. I was talking about you and how great you are and and thank you for being so honest because it helps the rest of us be more be more real and in touch with what's going on inside. We love you, and we love you, Pete. So, cool. So, um, I'm not going to share the whole time. I'm going to have others share because I feel like we want to hear more from other people and their stories. So, um, it's not going to just be me. But, um, yeah, one thing that was coming up for me uh, in worship was um, needing Jesus to be with me. Lately, God's been doing this thing with me where um, he's bringing up different memories where um, I felt really alone, and I've gotten lots of healing from some traumatic stuff um, earlier on, but um, there's still that feeling of nobody was with me, um, as I was going through it, like I just felt like it, it really, it feels almost like worse than the actual event to feel like you're going through something alone. And so I've been working through that and, um, yeah, I don't know. I just felt to share that just how Jesus really wants to show us, um, that he's just so with us, so present with us. And, um, it was cool. I met this couple outside the grocery store, they were homeless, and I just gave them some money, but then I felt like, well, I want to get to know them, so I asked them their names, and then I was like, tell me your story, and they looked at me, they were kind of surprised, because I think, you know, most of the time, it's like, just hand someone money, but it was like, the more they started to talk and everything, and tell me how they got to the place they were at, um, I could see God begin to just heal their hearts. And um, I'm like, yeah, we just all want to know that we're not alone and that um, we just want to be known and that someone cares, someone sees us. So anyway, I just I just bless you. Um, whatever you're going through right now, Jesus, would you uh, just reveal how ever-present you are in times of trouble for all of us? Whatever we're facing, whether it's something financial or family problems or pain, Jesus, I thank you that you are so present with us and you're not afraid 
of our stuff. In fact, you want to sit with us in it. And yes, you rescue us, but you don't rush us. You just hold our hand and sit with us and are present with us. So I ask that um, you would just just remind each of us tonight that we don't have to go through um, hard things alone. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Um, so yeah, we are um, going back to our core values, kind of moving around here. We've been talking about other important things, but this was our last one, and it's um, participating in God's ever-expanding kingdom. And you might be thinking, well, what the heck does that mean? <laughs> like, that sounds... And even for me, I was like, okay, let's, what, is, what does this mean for me? And really all it means is you're alive at this time in history for a reason. You were put here for a reason. And here's a scripture I want to read. It's Proverbs. Um, oh, you guys can't see. Okay, it's Proverbs 4, verse 18. And it's, the path of the righteous is like the morning sun shining ever brighter until the full light of day. And I love this scripture. Actually, um, Todd's dad, before he went um, to be with Jesus, he, we had some time with him, and he, this was the scripture he read to us. And he said, always remember that. And it was such a gift for us to, to receive that from him. And, you know, there's like so much uh, dark darkness happening in the earth right now. There's ISIS and there's just just lots of really dark things, human trafficking, but we we have to also know that the light is also increasing at the same time the darkness is increasing. So the light is like overshadowing the darkness even when we can't see it. So um, this core value really it's important for us to know that we really carry something really great, something more than we realize. And we carry answers that the world is looking for. They, they are looking and they're searching for things. And, and you guys carry that. You carry so much. And this core value is, um, it's really, really important to us because we, we know that it's not about the church expanding and yes, growth is normal, but my husband keeps putting signs up. <laughs> Sorry, that's why I'm laughing. Um, <laughs> what was I saying? <laughs> okay. Yeah, so it's normal for the church to grow, <laughs> but um, God is really about um, expanding our hearts to receive him, expanding the world's heart to receive him, expanding your influence in whatever you're passionate about, whatever you care about. And we come to church to encourage each other, but, you know, every, most of you work nine to five jobs and you have families and you do things outside of the walls of the church. So it's really important to us um, to the pastors here at Blazing Fire that you know we want you to carry what you have outside of these walls and and that's how it should be. Do you agree? Yeah. Okay, cool. So I, I like this word participating for this core value because we we were we picked this word for a reason because we you're not bystanders by <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yes, you're not bystanders. You get to jump in the re- arena. You get to jump in the game, and you don't have to just watch. So that's why these we kind of picked this, the wording of this this way because all of you carry something special. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Okay, um, so God's been also talking to me about, um, I've been hearing him say, because I was praying one day for something, and 
I was actually praying for um, our city because uh, I live here in Pleasanton, and um, I, was, I realized I was praying for something that we already have, and um, I felt like, you know, gosh, I was kind of in a position where I was almost like sweating or striving for something, and I really felt like God was saying that it's time for all of us to enjoy some of the fruit of our labors, that there are things that people that have gone before us that have labored for things, that it's time for us to really step into and receive and um, what Jesus has done on the cross. And, you know, the spiritual giants, the people that went ahead of us and prepared, you know, the ground for us. But sometimes I think we aren't aware of the things that have already been done and we just kind of go in all gung-ho, like, okay, I'm going to do it all. Um so it's really about receiving in your inheritance. And I just want to touch on this really quick, inheritance versus entitlement. And um, so entitlement um, will say, you know, I deserve something without um, taking any res- personal responsibility. Like, you know, I that should be mine. And inheritance is saying well, I'm going to receive something that's rightfully mine, that was paid for, that I have access to. So I I think, you know, sometimes we need to just understand what inheritance is, and then you can kind of see where it feels off sometimes, where someone feels like they're entitled to something, like, no, that's actually not yours, or you actually need to take steps to receive what is yours? So I just wanted to touch on that real quick. Yeah. Um, so we get to um, learn from the mistakes, too, of people that have gone before us. And the the good thing, you know, like sometimes people will tell Todd and I, your kids are so great and everything, and we think they're awesome, too. But um, Todd and I have made lots of mistakes with our kids, and... Um, I think what what we try to do is to let them know, yeah, we messed up. Like and we are open to receive from them and they can come to us and say, That didn't feel good, you know, like, I don't know, mom and dad, um, that thing. So um we want our kids to learn from the mistakes we've made and to not have to go down the same road that we took and yeah, they're they're gonna you know, have challenges along the way. But there are some things that all of you have um, grown through and challenges in your life that you get to show others, you know, you want to steer clear of that, and I'm going to impart this wisdom to you. And I feel like this is such an important part of um, the kingdom. And we know some of this, but um, this is a huge, huge value for us. And I feel like God's highlighting this even more. Um, yeah, so I was thinking about Joshua, too, and um, how when Joshua, um, you know, he succeeds Moses, and he he gets to stand on his shoulders, and he goes on to win all these battles and um, leads the Israelites into the promised land. But Joshua has to stay in a place of humility and being teachable. And sometimes I think, you know, in our culture, that's like, that's not always easy for us. We we kind of learn to um, take care of ourselves, be self-sufficient. But there, I feel like God's always reminding me in my personal life, stay open, stay humble. Um, learn from those older than you. I... I love hearing people's stories, like, and I love um, talking to people older than me. Like, tell me, like, how how did you um, have a successful marriage? How what what battles did you win? And um, I feel like the more we do that, we we're gonna glean so much from each other. Um, Todd's dad was uh, a pastor. And his great great grandfather was a circuit writer, right? Which were he so he would go to different churches and kind of check on them. He had a real apostolic heart. 
And then, of course, Todd became a pastor, and he has like a really rich inheritance on both sides. His um, both grandparents really love Jesus, and he's gleaned so much from from them. And um, so he has he just has such a richness. Um, me, on the other hand, I'm actually the first Christian in my uh, family line, and. Um, but you know what, so I remember when I started learning about generational blessings and all that, and I felt like, man, like I feel a little left out, you know. But um, actually, that, that's so not true. Um, actually, John Paul Jackson gave Todd and I a word about my grandmother's prayers um, availing much. And I thought, really, like, I didn't know my grandma was a believer, and I still am not totally sure. But um, there's actually lots of blessings that you can receive from your family, whether they're believers or not. And um, so, yeah, nobody's left out at all. Here is, um, you see that? That's a picture of my grandma's there in the front with her husband. And then um, my mom is sitting next to my grandma there. So that's all of my grandma's. Um, sisters and brothers and their kids and their family and I think her parents are in there too and I'm Japanese half Japanese anyway yeah Woo-hoo, go Japanese people <laughs> Diana actually knows, knows my grandma yeah does they we um, my grandma lived next door to her parents growing up so Diane knew me. She saw me when I was born. I was a baby, but (laughs) it's pretty cool. Um, So, yeah, my grandma, she she and her family, they were all in an internment camp um, during World War II, and they all got split up and um, split up all over. She was split up from her parents, and it was her senior year of high school. So she went in when she was 18, and, um, yeah, my family, if there's a real um, strength and resilience. And um, sometimes in, that, in our culture, though, you don't talk about hard things, but I still receive from, from my family line just um, a real strength to press through when things are hard and um, to not be the victim because I, that kind of was my identity a lot, for a long time when I was younger, I was like, oh, I'm just victimized by everything, and I wasn't able to come out of that, but um, I'm so not a victim now. I feel like I am a powerful person, even though I still struggle with things. But um, So I received that from, from my family, and um, so I just wanted to show a cool uh, video clip of... Um, actually, I think I might have shown this before, but it was after um, an earthquake, quite a... It was a while ago in Japan, and this is a video of um, the aftermath. And when I saw this, I thought, oh, I I receive this as part of my Japanese heritage. I receive um, just the community that they share and how they really pull together when things are hard. A master class in enduring crisis from the Japanese people. There's a Japanese proverb that after a great storm, you can see more clearly where there is solid ground. As I traveled around this region, here's some of what I saw. Here in the landscape left behind by the storm without pity, Hello. the people here show what has always been at the heart of the Japanese culture. You need the food. You need the food. Oh, we are fine. We have enough for us. We want to share. In Japan, Shinto Buddhist and Confucian traditions promote considering community when you consider yourself. We saw this video on YouTube the moment after the earthquake interrupted a graduation ceremony. A brief moment of confusion and then everyone working together to clear the rubble. The prime minister used the phrase in announcing the blackouts he said would be required because of the shortage of electricity. This is the toughest and the most difficult crisis for Japan. But now we learn the government ordered blackouts 
don't have to happen because the people voluntarily stopped using non-essential power. This is a shelter. Some of these people here for days and look. It's recycling, yeah. organized for recycling. Plastic, barnab combustible barnable, canes. The Japanese call it itai. It means to come together as one body. And something else astonishing after a disaster, not a single reported case of looting in a country of 128 million people. Instead, we saw astonishing patience and order, the long lines everywhere outside the grocery store for basics. You never believe this mother and so many others patiently hold their children for three hours while waiting to get food. <laughs> and before we leave, a new mother traveling the day the earthquake struck, giving birth amid the aftershocks, saying, I hope the baby is strong and brings new hope to Japan. And be sure to watch Nightline later. Yeah. Isn't that cool? <clears throat> yeah, I, I really, I don't know, that really spoke to me. I watched it a few times and thought, wow. I, so, I know they mention Buddhism and that, but, you know, hey, I, you could still receive from their culture or I receive from, from the way they, they do life. And they aren't living for themselves, but really care for each other. And man, cause you see, you know, and some, sometimes when natural disasters or other things happen, it's like people, kind of whatever's going on on the inside, you see manifest on the outside. So um, I always kind of look at it like like an earthquake. Like when you have, um, there's like a hidden fault line, and then when pressure's put on it, then, of course, the earthquake happens. So whatever is really going on inside, when the pressure comes, that's kind of the fruit of what you're going to see. So I, I receive that peace in the storm. So um, this inheritance thing is a really big deal and receiving from the generation before you and then pouring into the younger generation. And um, I, you know, I, I just, I love um, all ages. Like I always like want to go be with the kids. I love being with the kids. I love being with teenagers. I love being with young adults and then people my age, people older than me, I just, I always kind of want to, like, what's going on in your world? Like, what do you have to give? So I, I kind of have always done that, like, made my way around, and um, just want to see the generations merge more. So this is Ephesians, um, verse, Ephesians 1, verse 11. Can't say it there at the top, but um, so if you're feeling like, you know, What's my inheritance? There's a spiritual inheritance for you. And it says, because we are united with Christ, we have received an inheritance from God. For he chose us in advance, and he makes everything work out according to his plan. And then verse 14, the Spirit is God's guarantee that he will give us the inheritance he promised, and that he has purchased us to be his own people. I love that. Um, so God's given us this inheritance, and then, but with inheritance comes responsibility. What are we going to do with what God's given us? Um, he's given us so much, and are we keeping it for ourselves? Are we storing it up? Or are we thinking about the older we get? Who are we pouring into? Who who do we want to share what God's given us with? Who do we want to empower, and those kinds of things. Um, it's really cool. Uh, Brent sent me uh, something from the Elijah List, um, James Gall, uh, a word. I encourage you to read it. And he's talking about this, actually. And um, he said, Each generation needs to see itself as a bridge that builds on the past, lives in the present, and plans for the future. And I loved that because I'm like, yes, there's got to be that bridge. Like, are we thinking about the future? How are we doing that? Um, how are we stewarding what God's given us? And um, I think it's um, Ephesians 3 where Paul talks about stewarding the grace that God's given him and, um, and you know, letting it grow. 
And, and what does that look like for you in your life? What does it look like to steward whatever gifts God's given you, um, the favor he's given you in the marketplace, um, outside the walls of the church, whatever it is, the, the tools he's given you to raise your family. How does, how does that look to um, increase that, to take it outward, to, to put it in good soil and see your kids raising their kids, you know, with, um, with the tools you have that, that, to see healthy families and all that good stuff. Um, because, you know, I used to think grace was just this quiet thing, but, like, it, it is. But grace is, isn't passive either. Grace is a powerful, powerful force. It's, it moves mountains. Grace is... Um, Grace doesn't stand by when injustice happens. Grace moves and um, is direct. And, um, you know, we, we think of grace as this soft, gentle wind. And it's so many things, but it's, it's powerful. So let's, let's steward the grace God has given us. Does that sound okay? Um, you know, everything in... Um, in God's world moves and is progressive and it builds upon the last thing. It, there's like, sometimes we don't, you know, we don't see it. We're just living our everyday lives, but, you know, in the spiritual world and, and um, in practical ways too, things are continually building momentum and uh, progressing and that's healthy, and if it's not, if it's if things are just staying stagnant and stale, then there's there's probably some unhealth there. That's, you know, there's there's going to be times where, um, you know, you're not going to see it, and I think for many years sometimes you feel like you aren't, but but I just feel like we're in a time where um, there really is fruit that we're not noticing. There's um, there's things that you guys have prayed for, that you, things that you've labored for, things that you have worked really hard for, even, you know, just in your own life. And um, I just feel like God wants to open our eyes to, to seeing some things. And, like, like, what is he doing? He's doing a lot. So I encourage you with that. Yeah. Something... Um, Todd and I, we, we use this phrase, and um, Sarah Yang came and spoke at um, our youth group years ago, and, and she did this really cool prophetic act. This was, I don't know, it was quite a while ago, but she laid on the floor and had the kids walk over her back as a prophetic sign that her ceiling was the kids' floor, and I'm telling you, it was so powerful. And um, do you remember that, Daniel? Yeah. Yeah. It was really, it was powerful. And um, so Todd and I, we, we adopted that. And it's not just like a phrase, you know, like we, like you live it, Sarah, and we want to live that. We, we really want young people to um, take whatever we have. And sometimes I feel like, I don't have nothing. <laughs> you know, like I don't even know what I have to give. But I know that's just sometimes my perception. I know I really do have something to give. But Misha and Tammy, the other ones that, that um, run with us with the youth, we, we're always like, okay, you guys, what do you have? Like, here's what we're giving you. We're giving you some seed. Now, please take this and take it to where we can even imagine, you know, create things, come up with inventions and, you know, break open doors and just go for it. And um, I feel like we all really can live that way and that's really a huge value to be continually thinking about let's just keep moving forward not rushing through things still coming from a place of rest and doing everything from knowing we're enough knowing you don't have to do anything to earn his approval there's nothing that you could say or do that would change his mind about you it's actually just an honor and a privilege to get to do this stuff and to, you know, share God's love and to be who you are outside of the church. So, um, yeah, I'm going to be calling up some people here in a minute. This is um, 
So merging generations in Psalm 145, verse 4 says, Let each generation tell its children of your mighty acts and let them proclaim your power. So um, my desire, and I know this is happening, but I, I always have this feeling where I just I want to see um, God bridge the gap. I want to see each generation merge and come together and um, and receive one from another and and what does that look like? you know what I don't know I just I start getting all these pictures and I'm very visual like how how does that look like to receive from each other? Um, yeah, so I asked a few people to share and um, so they're each different generations and um yeah i felt like it was important for um for all of us to just receive what they have and um so the first person is um her name is diella and diella is come on up diella uh, diella is in our youth group and she is such oh, we love this girl. She's so precious. And um, anyway, yeah. Hi, I'm Diella. Um, hi. Um, and so um, I come from a lineage of people who worship idols. And so basically, um, I'm from India. And so everyone, like, if you're a Hindu, you worship idols. And there's a god for the sky. There's a god for the sun. There's basically, like, a god for everyone, everything. And um, so my ancestors indulged themselves in this practice, which was basically um, what was natural and what came down from my lineage. And um, out of that, one woman from my family line accepted the Lord, and through listening to God's calling, she opened the doors and unlocked the gates that gave access for generational blessings for her and for those to come after her. And, um, yeah... And um, so this is my grandma. Um, she went to be with the Lord, um, like, I think two or three years ago. And um, so when she was three, her father died. And it was actually, um, her father was not a Christian. And um, he died um, because he was basically, like, a good man. Everyone in his family, like, was in sin. And he was a good man. And they didn't like that he had a lot of property and he was blessed. So they did, like, witchcraft to him. And he died because of that. It was not a natural death. And um, so she accepted the Lord when she was a little girl. And she was going to school. And someone at her school told her about the Lord. And so she accepted the Lord there. And um, it wasn't through her might, or it wasn't through her knowledge, it wasn't through her wisdom that she accepted the Lord. It was because that one person at her school um, stepped out of their comfort zone. They stepped out of their little realm of where they felt um, that they were comfort, that was their comfort level. They stepped out of that, and they went out of um, just where they felt comfort, comfortable, and um, they went to go tell her about the Lord, and that's how she accepted God. And... Um, None of her siblings, like, she had brothers and sisters, and none of them um, finished 10th grade. Like, they just stopped school. Like, they didn't finish. And she was the only one who finished school. And then um, even after that, she went on to finish two degrees. And um, it wasn't because of her. It was because of the Lord that was in her. And um, she eventually became a teacher and a principal of a school. And that, those were, like, great blessings for her. And her brothers and sisters who didn't finish school, um, they were in, like, a lot of financial struggles and a lot of financial needs. And she was the one who supported all of them. And, like, they were all homeless and stuff like that. And um, she, like, used the little that she had to help them. And um, she also, like, because she was, like, a great teacher and she really poured out love on everyone that she was with. Um, she... Um, received an award from the chief minister of her state as being the best teacher of, like, her state. So it's kind of like the governor, like, how we would consider it here. It's, like, it was, like, a great honor for her because she came from such a poor background. And um, through her prayers and perseverance, her the person that she married was a Hindu, and he also accepted the Lord. And, um, yeah, 
And through her hours and hours of prayer, both of her children accepted the Lord, and one of her children was my dad. And, um, yeah. And um, so they were, since they were the only um, family that accepted the Lord through all of their generations, um, they got a lot of persecution, and there was bloodshed in the house and stuff like that, and it was just horrible. But they, through the grace of God, they, like, overcame all of that. And my dad, um, just, he's an amazing person. And um, he actually um, came, he was blessed by the Lord, and he came to America. And that was, like, a great blessing coming from the poor family that he came from. And then there was me and my brother that came after that. And we both um, were born in a Christian family. And um, through many so, like, most of the stuff that I know about the Lord is because of their prayer, their teaching, and what they've um, already founded and um, who they are in the Lord. That's how I am here, like, today, and this is who I am. And um, I received the gift of tongues when I was very little. And um, most everything that I know about the Lord is because of who they are. And I just have a lot of spiritual blessings, generational blessings through them. Man, yeah, they are a very special family, and you want to get to, to know them. Man, Diella also, um, she'll lead worship at youth group and at school, and she just, she'll lead lead us into God's arms. And um, so, yeah, we, we bless you. Thank you for sharing your story with us and letting us receive from you. It's powerful. Um, my... Um, you know, I was saying how my parents weren't believers, but another thing I was I was thinking is um, they both separately have such a huge heart to see justice. Um, my mom being a probation officer, and then my dad, um, he's the president of a postal union, and so and but also he's very he's always advocating for for rights and he he's very, he feels very strongly about things and um recently I re- you know I I am that way too and I'm like wow I I really uh, I'm my my father's daughter for sure like I I for me justice like I just want to see God remove everything that violates love and um so yeah I I bless all of you to just receive the blessings that your family has given you, whether it's, um, you know, spiritual or other ways. And um, so the next person that uh, I want to call up is Misha Quazada. Yeah. And uh, Misha's in her 20s, and uh, she is uh, a leader at our youth group in so many other things. She's just a special person. So. Hi. Okay, so um, I come both sides of my family. My mom and my dad were the first ones um, on both their sides to get saved. And both of their families come from a lot of addiction. And so when they got married, they decided that they would be the first ones to kind of stop the trend and to just fight for that. And so growing up, um, I was raised kind of under their ideas of like how to live my life. But then my dad's side of the family is this huge Hispanic family that I love so much. And um, to me, family includes like second cousins, third cousins, fourth cousins, like it's everybody. And so mixing that with my parents' spiritual influence, I saw that family doesn't just have to be who's immediately in your family. And so in high school, God really started providing these youth leaders at my old church, and then Todd and Karina, and just so many people that are actually sitting around here right now, and I'm like, oh, I love them all. And But I started having these people who would just pour into me and love me, and growing up, I felt a lot spiritually, and I would go into places and get really bad anxiety attacks, and my parents came from more conservative churches, so they didn't know what that was. Um, but because my mom had started going more and more to places like Blazing Fire, 
I was introduced to people who were able to be like, oh, you're a feeler. Like, you feel what's going on in the room and what God's wanting to do in the room, and you're able to pray for that and break and change atmospheres, and, like, God's instilled a lot of power in you. And so growing up with those influences and then having Todd and Karina who were like, our ceiling is your floor, I then started working with the youth group and that same heart that they had became my heartbeat of, I want to see them fly. And so from the very beginning, I would see like, okay, that person's having anxiety. I feel anxious, so they're probably a feeler as well. And so able to pouring that into them and then seeing them take it on within like a day and starting to be able to prophesy over people and love on people. And it's amazing how if you just have love in your heart for people, like age isn't a factor at all. Like I get to work in the nurseries with the babies and a baby smiling at you is like the best feeling in the world. Like it is God just looking at you and seeing his love shine through And it's like, if you're open to any age, whether it be a five-year-old who's going to tell you that Jesus loves you or an 85-year-old who's going to intercede for you and pray for your heart, like that merging, you get pieces of everything and your inheritance isn't just limited to your family, but it expands into God's kingdom. And with God's kingdom being your inheritance and having everyone around you being where you get to like take little pieces from it's like having a thousand treasure chests that you get to open up and share with each other it's we've seen um young people come through youth group that are you know feeling like oh i'm feeling depressed or i'm feeling this all of a sudden and misha has helped them, you know, discern what's really going on where it kind of breaks off some of the shame too. And, and we've just seen so much growth. And with Tammy too, as Tammy has, she's our other youth leader, she's poured into the kids and we're so grateful. Thank you. Um, yeah, I know. I just want to clap and dance and sing and well, not sing, but (laughs) you don't want to hear that. (laughs) Um, so um, I'm going to have uh, David Marco come up next. And um, I, I asked David because David just has, uh, I think, a lot of wisdom. And he's walked through some things. And, yeah, so he's going to share next. And he's a different age than the other ones. <laughs> Well, God is eternal, so that's good. <laughs> yeah, when Karina asked me, I she's she's Sarah you. I mean, she's the Holy Spirit. It's like she said, "Well, you might have something." You know how she does, and I thought, well, "Not really, but I'm sure I will." <laughs> and that that certainly happened. I just want to tie a few things together. This has been so beautiful listening to the gifts and the giftings and what everybody has. And um, um, probably starting with a story, because this generational thing, God is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. That's what he calls himself, and so he labels himself generationally. And in the Bible, it's so important that we have um, the lineage was so important. They had to trace their lineage, and and uh, we look in the lineage of Jesus, and, and uh, a couple of things on that. One is people were grafted in. If you look at that lineage, it, there, there's, all, there's all kinds of sins caught up in that lineage, so, so we're all qualified. And uh, the, uh, no matter what we've done, we're qualified, and the blood of Jesus covers it. And that was even in the Old Testament. That was before Jesus. There's some, you know, wacky things there, some incest, some, uh, you know, people grafted in, prostitutes grafted in, different things. So, you know, we all qualify. And uh, not that we're all that. <laughs> and the other thing about that, we're all grafted into the Jews. As Christians, the Bible calls us grafted into that. And uh, in a crowd this size, you're going to have people that are adopted, and you might be sitting here thinking, you know, what is that for me? I don't maybe not even know. I mean, I know we have a brother-in-law who doesn't even know 
a lot about his his natural family and where does that leave me well it's you're qualified and god adopts people in because we're all adopted into the church and we just had heard some wonderful things about the the giftings of being adopted into the house of god because god calls that an adoption and so he brings us in and brings us close to him uh and we stand on what's gone before us i had a uh interesting upbringing myself uh my mother was very uh, uh very catholic and uh she um and boy there once i got saved and filled with the spirit and all that it was like well how do i you know why is this going on and talk to a counselor and say well how was your relationship with your mother oh at first it was like oh and then it was like Okay, I know, it's my relationship with my mother, right? You know, you get kind of sick of that after a while and just have to break out from it. And one of the things that helped me um, is is something I heard uh, William Paul Young talk about. You know, if you listen to his story, he basically talks about going through hell because of his relationship with his dad. And there's some truth in that. But also, if you listen to his story recently, I didn't know his dad was a man of prayer. I didn't realize that his dad had a radical salvation experience, but nobody was there to tell him what to do with it. And so he went out as a wounded warrior. And our parents are all wounded warriors, and we are wounded warriors, and wounded warriors breed wounded warriors. So it's the imperfection of humanity. You know, it sounds like we need a savior. Duh. And there's one readily available, obviously. And so, you know... um, it was interesting. So I came to the Lord in a hard way. It was, it was through signs and wonders because I needed them. And, uh, and it was, uh, it was all my mother's fault. <laughs> no, I'm just teasing. But, you know, the hardness was really hard to deal with. And like, why did this happen? And, you know, why did you do this? And blah, blah, blah. And finally, you know, years into this, I got through a lot of reconciliation. And in the reconciliation with her, and and we ended up with a really good relationship. And when she went home to be with the Lord, I, I distinctly heard the Lord say, well done, good and faithful servant. Now, wait a minute. Well done, good and faithful servant. You drove, <laughs> drove me crazy. Cost me counseling. Da, da, da. You know what? Every one of us. And then William Paul Young's dad, you know, he's. I'm sure he prayed his knees off for his son. I'm sure that much of William Paul Young's success is due to his dad. He wouldn't have known about his dad. He wouldn't have been in the Christian culture if it weren't for the radical experience of his dad. So we take the good with the bad. Jesus redeems the bad, and we get get the good, and we get gooder, gooder stuff. I had a word for a guy one time, and I said, you know, I knew your dad, and I know that he prayed his heart out for you and your success is really because of, of a lot of it. I mean, part of it, it's not all, but a lot of your success is due to your dad. And he looked at me kind of strange, and I didn't realize what I'd said because I didn't know him that well. And and I've come to realize that there were some very hard times in that family because of the dad. And so what I want to say here is what I believe for William Paul Young, for my mother. You know, I came in, nobody was praying for me. I don't have a Pentecostal background. It's some Roman Catholics. You know, what do they know? Lighting candles. Well... You know, what I would say is maybe, how do you know that doesn't do anything? He had his prophets do some really strange things. You know, lay on their side for a couple years and build fire out of their dung to cook their food. I mean, hello, that's pretty strange. You don't know. So God is God is just, I think God gets a kick out of it doing something. Watch, <laughs> what are they going to think when I do this, you know? <laughs> but... um you know, she and her Presbyterian friend probably prayed me into the kingdom. And it's like, you know, we can't understand this, but there is so much good in our inheritance. Whether I'm adopted in, and we all are, are all adopted in. When you enter this church, whatever church you've been with, you are adopted in. That's not your bloodline unless your parents were the founding pastors. The rest of us are adopted in. So we're adopted into this culture here. We're blessed by it because God put us here. He meets us here. He does things. He changes our DNA. 
And it's, it's just so awesome what God does to us. And that's also given to our children. He's the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. There's so much in the Bible about our children. And it's given to them even if we screw up. Even if, you know, I'm thinking of a caricature. I don't know if it's real or not, but, you know, the guy who's just a drunk, I want to make you a man. You know, in his heart, that's the best he could do, maybe. You know, and our, our parents, a lot of what they did is the best they could do. And for me, getting reconciled with that for my mom, and, get, and I think a lot of healing and health comes from getting reconciled. Uh, Karina and Todd talked about their parents. We heard a lot about the great things. And, you know, great things are going to follow our children. Uh, we're all children of somebody, <laughs> going back to Adam and Eve. And like has been said here, it grows upon, I think it was Karina talked about God is a progressive God. Things are moving. Things are changing. If this was 1906 and you wanted to speak in tongues, most Christians would have thought you were crazy and full of the devil. And how much healing has come to us. Now we take it for granted. Uh, the founding pastor of a church I attended for many years was so persecuted in the 50s because she believed in speaking in tongues. She believed in the gifts of the Spirit. So persecuted. We stand on the shoulders of that. And I loved your illustration about walking, you know, our ceiling is your floor. So our kids get that. And we got that. Our kids get that. That's the way God does it. So I think what the Lord wants to do now, I've been thinking about this, is just a moment of reflection, a moment of letting that still small voice speak to us. Uh, I just think he wants to speak to us right now. And uh, so that's so that's what we're going to do. <laughs> I'm going to shut up. I'll invite Karina back up. Just, just go off with God for a few minutes. Let him... Let the Holy Spirit come and, and, and bless you. Yeah, that's good. Thank you. Yeah, let's, let's do that for a minute. Yeah, let's go ahead and close your eyes. <clears throat> Thank you, Jesus. Mm. Yeah, Jesus. We just position ourselves to receive um, all you have for us. Would you show us what our inheritance looks like? Thank you, Jesus. Hmm. And I, I just feel in this, if, um, I know a lot of times we can kind of talk about the young generation and what God's doing, which is completely important. I, I just want to pray for anyone in here that's feeling like, um, your time's expired or, you know, just disappointment that you haven't seen, um, the fulfillment of, what you want God to do or move in your life, um, your time is not over. I just ask Jesus that you would restore hope for each person here and that um, you would just remind us of what you promised us. It's so important that um, that you know what, what you carry and that to know that what you do and what you say and who you are matters. Otherwise, this stuff doesn't really mean anything. And um, so, yeah, I, I thank you, Jesus, that each person represented here has a story that's so important, a life story, and um, that each person here has something uh, to impart so unique and so special. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah, um, I wanted to ask Todd to come up too and share something. So you could stay in that place if you're God's still talking to you. Yeah. Uh, 
she, she wasn't planning to have me come up. I just told her I was kind of bursting with, with a certain thing um, that I think might be good for all of us. It was really good for me when I learned it a while back. <clears throat> but all this talk of um, expanding generation and receiving from who was before can tweak some people because there might be some patterns that you don't want to receive. And um, whether it is in family or even in your church, this church, whatever, um, you might see something that you don't like and then just reject the whole thing. And uh, it's really easy for us to say, let's let's say, you know, about our parents maybe. I just I make a vow I'm never going to be like them, you know. And there's probably some aspects that you that's good that you don't want to be like, you know, that you're not going to carry on um, some unhealthy things. But to make general statements, I'm just getting really getting strong about this. Um, like that, you're rejecting the whole package, really, you know. And we watch people bounce from church to church to church because of this same type of thing. I mean, they come and they they like certain things about it, like, wow, this is really blessing my heart. There's a genuine heart here, or there's, you know, there's a message that's coming straight out of um, the heart, straight out of the word. And then all of a sudden, maybe one thing happens that you go, oh, forget the whole thing. And we do that with our parents too. I'm not going to be like them, period. And you think you're, you're, you're meaning well, but actually you're rejecting everything but if you can go back and look at the treasures in there and say, actually, <laughs> I'm going to go back. I'm not going to reject that. I, I want that. There is something to be passed down. Even in, in an abusive situation, you can find the treasures. This would then become us becoming like Jesus, you know, and becoming like the Lord by God, like God and finding the treasures in other people. Um, and going ahead and saying, actually, I'll take that. Bless them. Bring some more healing for them. There's that though, that aspect of them. I think I'll go ahead and not reject that, but take it. You know, does it make sense? Uh, yeah, that, that exercise alone has brought some healing for me and, um, and opened my eyes from, from me, my personally. And, uh, I just felt really strong that maybe that would be something to say up here for everyone whether it is toward family or church, you know, there is an inheritance that you can receive and you are going to always see something that you, that doesn't fit your fancy. You know, always there's going to be something, at least something once in a while, you know. Huh? Oh, yes. She said, I like everything about her. (laughs) <laughs> well, it's funny because I was sitting there thinking about what I was going to say, and I thought, I mean, my kids could look at me and go, I don't want to be a tattooed dad, you know, <laughs> or whatever, you know. But I know that there's things about me that, that they do love and they, they could find that works for them, you know. So I, I can I pray that over us, actually? Um, yeah, Holy Spirit... I just, I really ask you to um, open our eyes, maybe where we shut them, um, to see the treasures in the community we're in, here at Blazing Fire, or wherever someone might be from here, um, and also in our natural family. God, and things that maybe that we rejected because there was some uh, unhealth, I'm asking Father that Maybe we could back up a little bit and see what it is that we're rejecting and maybe um, get some healing and, and go ahead and take the good parts, Father, and bless those things and whoever it is or whatever church it is. Thank you, Father. Help us to be mature. That would be mature. So be it. That's good. Yeah, that that was really important, I think, too. And um, and then the other thing David was saying, I um, was really good too, is is that yeah, as as a leader here, I I just pray, and I know all the elders, we all feel this way, that you would um, 
yeah, inherit whatever we have in this culture here at Blazing Fire. And um, that, you know, we're very honest about the mistakes we make. And uh, we, we pray that, that you would um, just benefit from learning from the, the battles we've won, from the mistakes we've made. And, um, yeah, the kids were supposed to be coming in. And uh, so they were going to share as well (laughs) so I'm not going to do a tap dance or anything Um, yeah I will say this that um, it's kind of going off into a different direction but what uh, I've been feeling lately is um, I keep hearing this word resistance training and uh, I feel like God's really challenging us and so maybe with this message there's a little bit of a challenge to to um, increase our weight and um, it might feel uncomfortable at first. Um, yeah, this, whatever that looks like for you. And and uh, that God's really taking us to the next level and taking us somewhere more. And so, you know, I had this dream where a while back where I had a baby and um, I didn't have all the tools and everything that I needed to take care of the baby. And... Uh, it just didn't feel right. But recently I had uh, the dream again, and I had the baby. And the baby uh, did a little poo-poo on me and stuff. But um, I was telling uh, the different one. I was telling Brent, actually, was like, that's a good thing because, you know, that means the baby's healthy. And um, I don't remember what else he said, but it, but it was good. I was like, oh, cool. Um, you know, hmm? Yeah, everything's working well. And actually, I had everything I needed to take care of the baby. And so uh, it didn't feel overwhelming. And I feel like that's a word for all the bad stuff's coming out. Yeah. So, I, yeah. Sorry to be graphic. I, I don't know. I, I don't think much of it. When you have kids and, you know, I worked in home health for a lot of years. It's like you talk about that stuff. It's no big deal. But, yeah, it's healthy. And... um so I bless all of you uh, that you you really have what it takes and that you have your, wherever you're at, whatever position you're at right now in life, that, um, that you're equipped. And um, it might feel challenging, but um, yeah, the, I encourage you to pick up the extra weight and, because you're going to grow and it's not going to feel burdensome. But um, yeah, here's the kiddos. And um, I wanted them to come in early. Because, uh, actually, you guys can come on up here. Do you want to come sit up here? Nora, you can send them up here if you want. So, um, yeah, I, I feel like as I was talking about, um, come on up. These guys, I love our kiddos, and um, let's give them a clap. So, um yeah, I I just think it's so important that we receive from each other and where we're at. And these kids, um, Nori has been such a great teacher, and she, yeah, yeah, we've been talking about uh, generations and pouring into the next generation. So I, Nor, I think Lily has something she wanted to share. So I just wanted to give them this opportunity, and then. Anybody and it could be anything that God's saying to you. We just want to receive from you. This is about something that I experienced tonight. We were coming in from playing, and I was opening the door, and, my, and I got a really deep cut from the scrape from the edge of the door. It's right there. Oh, And I was sitting in the chair, and Miss Nori was putting a was putting a bandaid on it. But first, she put an ointment on it that hurt. <laughs> <laughs> and it, and it stung. The first time it hurt, but then the second time it didn't hurt because I had already experienced it, and God was making me brave. What? Do you want to share something? 
I am going to pray for the church right now. I pray that everybody in this church, every person, every soul, all your sins would be forgiven. Now, right now, this second. Forgiven through Christ. Everything forgiven. Bless all of you tonight. Thanks for all coming here and trying to come here every Saturday so that we can all join together because Saturday is usually the only time we all see each other together. Okay. Nori, do you want to pray for us? For, well, you just bless us all. I don't know. No? Okay. I'm being so casual tonight. Oh, my God. <laughs> it could be on anything. I have no clue what you are talking about. This. Yeah, Lord, I just thank you for your... Um, for raising up this generation of children and catching, um, uh, captivating their hearts, God, with your love. And I just bless this church and bless everyone here tonight, God, that our arms are open wide. Our heart is open to the heart that you have for the generation below us, God, these little ones, these little ones that you don't look over. You see every single one, God. And I pray that you would just break our hearts, that you would really fill us with your love, God, and compassion for these little ones that will be mightily used for you and in ways that we can't even fathom, God. And just open up our eyes. Give us, give us the revelation, God, through scripture, through what, uh, through the spirit, God, of your heart, God. And I just pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. (laughs) Thanks, guys.